I'm excited for this episode because it is our last episode for about a month or so. We're going to come back next month, but we want to kind of regroup and look at what we have put out, learn from some feedback, figure out a new outline for, you know, season two. And I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I think our season one was excellent and I'm looking forward to season two and only good things. And I'm proud that how improvised it was. It came very, I feel that it came natural to us. Like every time we just kind of met and did this and it just, it felt right. Yeah, I think because of the fact that we're in two different locations, I'm in Brooklyn and you're in the suburbs of Chicago. It was something that was missing from the beginning part of 2020. And now that we can talk to each other every week and see each other and just talk about fun things about advertising, it's been it's been very, very awesome. The funny thing is that if you saw where I am, you would never call this a suburb. I am literally in the middle of cornfields. So the suburb is, is a, it's a little too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the cornfields outside of Chicago. Cornfields of Illinois. It's a lovely place. Seneca, Illinois, anybody listening, you should pay a visit. It's a Ooh, booming, booming and uh, growing little economy. <laughs> Contribute. But so what are we talking about today, Courtney? Uh, today we are talking about organic versus paid and why do rankings matter? Interesting topic. So do, should we start with a definition like we always do? Yeah. Should I take a hit at, uh, defining what it means? Okay. Let's do this. So I see Amazon as a bit like a coder would see Amazon. And it's literally just a list of items. Of course, there is a graphic to it. There is a user interface. But ultimately, what you see could be an Excel sheet where products are just listed. The ranking is just where that, where your product or the product that you're interested in falls on that list. Top of search means that you're in the, usually top of search is referred to as the top four positions, top five positions. Um, and rankings can be either paid or organic. Organic, which is a term that confuses a lot of people, just means that there is no money involved. You just happen to be there. You list your product, you do your listing, you do nothing else, and you have a ranking. That's your organic ranking. Your paid ranking is what you pay for. Whenever you're running advertising and you pay to be on top of search and you're first, congrats, you're first. But that's not your, f- num- your first is not your organic rank. It's your paid rank. Keep that in mind. Yeah. And I think learning about this, learning about myself from this podcast, I realized that so much of what I think about with Amazon all has something to do with where my background is. So Google. So I think about organic and paid from how I thought about it 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I was learning paid search on, on Google, which is essentially Google got its name out there because they were the best at making sure that when you search something on their search engine, the most relevant thing came up and you didn't have to actually change how you were searching uh, in order to get what you actually wanted. Google was really good at, at figuring that out. Right. And that's why we all stopped using Ask Jeeves and we started using Google because they figured out, oh, the person actually means that they're looking for uh, a Chevy Malibu and they're not looking for uh, Malibu, California. So once Google figured that out, that's the organic ranking. They, they figured out how to rank what someone is searching for based on that. 
And then the next thing they did is they monetized it. So they said, well, let's make money from the search engine, which wasn't something that was happening before. But they need to make sure that when they make money from it, they don't lose that what you were coming to Google for the first place, which was how relevant their listings were. And so paid was a way for people to take advantage of showing above the organic spots by basically paying to be there. So same thing with Amazon. You have your organic ranking, what is the most relevant based on what your products are. And then you can actually just go in on top of that and say, now I'm going to pay to be put in front of the eyeballs of people that are looking for this. Yeah. And uh, there is something that I always say whenever customers ask me, why do rankings matter? Tomas, why do you always talk about rankings? It's like I use this uh, one uh, data point that it's a little old from a, a couple of years ago, but uh, research showed that 90% of sales on Amazon happen in the first 10 positions of the ranking. The more you went down by 10, the rest the rest, 90% of the 10% remaining would be in the next 10. So basically being the closest to the top increases your chances of conversion by like 10, 100x. So there, your goal as an advertiser or non-advertiser as a brand should be rank as high as possible. Yeah, when I worked at an agency, we used to say that the best place to hide, to hide a dead body was on the second page of Amazon because nobody would ever go to the second page of Amazon. That's funny. I, I was buying something today from Amazon and I found myself going to the second page and I did actively think, I was like, wow, I haven't done this in like years. I feel yeah. so adventurous. Yeah. And the second page, like this comes a lot, comes up a lot when we're talking about different metrics in advertising too. So just in general, humans want, they don't have the patience to scroll down or they don't have the patience to go to the next page. In journalism, this is an important thing. It's called the inverted pyramid. And so you put the most important pieces of information in the article at the top of the article because people don't read all the way down in advertising if you're doing display advertising it costs more to be above the fold which is at the top of the page so if you kind of compare that to ranking than below the fold so we use this concept all the time in lots of different ways so ranking matters because that's where you're actually going to be seen exactly and so Today, we're going to talk about a little bit about both. We're going to talk about pay. We're going to talk about organic. But let's start with what you're a pro at, paid. How do you increase your paid ranking, Courtney? Uh, well, you would increase your paid rank by advertising it all. So one way that you want to make sure that you're actually playing is that you're, you have your sponsored products and your sponsored brands. Those are like the two easiest ways to make sure that you're showing up when people are searching for your products or searching for things that are related to your products. Exactly. And so one of the things that I, I like to think about whenever you're advertising, you know, you are doing sponsor product, let's say to usually when we talk about rankings, it is sponsor product, not really sponsor brand or sponsor display, uh, but sponsor product has three different placements in it. Yeah. Top of search, rest of search, and product detail page. Yeah. So top of search is where you're going to have the highest ranking. That's going to literally be above the fold if we're using that same terminology we just mentioned. And then rest of search is going to be most likely below the fold. And then product detail pages are hidden within the different products that you're searching for on Amazon. So top of search is your best bet to be uh, to increase your, your paid rank. Now, keep in mind that Lots of people want 
that spot. So that spot tends to have a lot of competition. It tends to cost more and there's going to be a supply and demand issue there. But one way that you can take advantage of making sure that you're increasing your ranking is through placement bid modifiers. So if it's really important to you to show up at top of search, then you can take advantage of a placement modifier, which then allows you to increase your bid if you want at the top of search placement based on Amazon shopper data. So Amazon has information on all of us. That's what Amazon is collecting. That's what makes them worth how much they're worth is their data. And based on that data, they know the likelihood of whether or not the person searching is going to convert on something. So if Tommaso, if you're searching for coffee beans and I'm searching for coffee beans, they know that I have bought coffee beans 60 times over the last 20 years. I guess 20 years is a lot of years. (laughs) They know that I've bought coffee beans over the last uh, 12 months. Uh, 60 times uh, versus you who may have never bought coffee beans. So with the bid modifiers, you would be able to say, hey, I'm willing to spend more to get my product in front of Courtney at the top of search than Tommaso, because I don't really know if Tommaso is going to convert. So the big thing here, though, is keep in mind that if you choose to do this method, you're really trying to look at orders and not ACOS because it's going to cost you more to show up at the top of search than if you maybe didn't utilize the strategy. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to point out for anybody listening that is like, I have no idea what a placement modifier really is. It's literally just a percentage, right? So you, it's basically saying, hey, Amazon, give me a 10% placement modifier on top of search. So Amazon takes your bid and multiplies it by one point one because it's 10 percent in this case and so you are technically bidding more for that top of search placement now a couple of rules and some fun facts uh placement modifiers for sponsor product can only be positive meaning you cannot bid down on a specific placement you can only bid up for sponsor product however for sponsor brand which very few people know also has different placements you can bid down on placement modifiers for sponsor brand. Something to keep in mind. Yeah. And Samaso, do you like using modifiers? Like, is there an example of a time when you, when you would tell someone to use it? Or do you actually just say, oh, yeah, everyone should use this? What are your, what are your guidelines when you're looking at modifiers? Yeah. Yeah, placement modifiers are a little tricky. They're not they're not straightforward. Number one thing that I I, I usually use Celix whenever I'm dealing with uh, placement modifiers because Celix has this great feature that pulls in all your placement reports from Amazon and it pull, puts them in one place. So right off the bat, the one thing that I look at is I usually look at orders and ACOS for the three different placements and I see where the most order volume is and also where it's cheapest to advertise. If I see that there is one placement where my ACOS is lowest and also my orders orders are the highest, then that's the green flag that tells me placement modifier up right there. Usually that tends to coincide with brands that sell accessories or not not specifically for top of search, but I'll give you an example. I had a brand that sold, I think I I told this story before, um, luxury camping accessories. 
And so you would see that on product detail pages, they had super high order volume and very low ACoS because it was oftentimes products that were sold and bought together with bigger items. So by increasing that placement modifier, I think we put like a 50, 70%, he had so much more orders coming in because it just made sense. It's not for everybody. Give a look at your overall placement performance and then drill down for each specific campaign uh, placement performance and put uh, placement modifiers if you see that ACoS is lowest and orders are highest for one specific placement. That's my rule. Yeah, I don't automatically go with bid modifiers. I would utilize them in situations where maybe a client says that it's really important to win a specific keyword, and we would call yeah. that a must-win keyword strategy. And I'd put that into its own campaign, and I would treat it special. So it wouldn't be kind of mixed in with the rest of the campaigns and those metrics. I'd be tolerant of a higher A cost, for example. The strategy and the goal there is very specific, but I'd probably play around with bid modifiers in that case. Yeah. But if you are looking at your campaigns and you're thinking, oh my God, I didn't even know about mid-bid modifiers. I'm not doing this right. That's probably not the case. In fact, people that just use bid modifiers without really knowing what they're doing, that's probably worse than if yeah, you just aren't risky. using it. So I, I have okay. definitely seen a lot of horror stories of people that thought they understood placement modifiers and then did not and kind of messed it up. So it is something definitely to go in and like dip your toes in, like anything in Amazon. Don't just go and apply a bid modifier to all of your account. Try a campaign at a time, see how it affects it. Just try to learn from that experience. Uh, one thing that you can do with little risk, in my opinion, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Courtney, is the negative uh, placement modifier on sponsor brand uh, rest of search uh, placement. Sponsor brand is mainly top of search, and it also puts something at the bottom of the page that absolutely no one clicks on. Don't spend your money on it. Put a, a negative 90% placement modifier on that and save a couple of cents on uh, on each CPC. Yeah, if, if someone does click on it, it's probably a fat finger situation. Um, so you're probably not going to get, it's probably not going to convert. So you could dabble in that regard. I agree. Awesome. And so we talked a little bit about paid rankings and the world of, of paid rankings. Now let's talk a little bit more about organic rankings. Shall we? And I believe we are in my territory, Courtney. Yeah. So we're talking about content. Tell me about content, Tommaso. Okay. So it's not just content. I'm sure you'll want to add more to it because I know you like to bring in advertising whenever we talk about you anything. Can't shut up. I don't blame you. I can't you. shut up about I advertising. It's my worst. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I just like things that are free. And that's what's awesome about organic rankings. You can improve your organic rankings for free. You don't have to pay, bid, more, budget. Forget all of that. Just work on your content. There is really... The Amazon algorithm is a mysterious thing. And I tell this to all my clients. If somebody comes to you and tells you that they know what variables and everything that the algorithm does, they're lying to you. There is no such thing. What I've learned from my experience is that, of course, there are certain things that matter the most in terms of improving your rankings. And mainly, it is the keywords that you use in your content. So whenever you create your content, whether it's a title, bullet points, or description, Use smart keywords. Use a keyword research tool. Try to pick keywords that have high search volumes, keywords that you would even advertise for, keywords that you, where you want to be, and make sure to use them. If you have a keyword that you feel that it is not really in line with your brand, but 
you need to rank there without necessarily putting in your title, you also have background keywords on Amazon. You have quite a few slots there, quite a few characters for background keywords. Make sure to use that because that can play a big role in improving your ranking without paying anything, just playing with your content, right? Yeah, you have to think about the fact that the people that are reading your product descriptions are humans, but the person that's deciding, or I shouldn't say the person, the thing that decides whether or not that product is even shown is a robot. So you basically have to think of it from both sides. You have to think about like, what do I want to, what do I need as a human to get the information that I need for this product? But then also if I was just a dumb robot that thought about things in very black and white terms, do I have the right kind of keywords here that would, that would align with what someone needs in order to find the product? Right. And one last trick that I like to say to clients, and there is no way to prove this, so don't take this for face value. It's just an idea. Whenever you respond to your questions that customers leave, make sure to give the person or the team that answers your questions a list of keywords that they should use whenever they respond to a question. This is not just for branding. First, you should be doing this regardless for branding. Number two, do this for your rankings because the more you just keep using and using a keyword, the more likely it is that the dumb robot from Amazon will say, oh, this product is perfect for this keyword. Let me put you on number one. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing, what we're essentially trying to do with advertising and organic ranking is we're just trying to teach Amazon that every time someone searches this word, they will buy your product. And that's in Amazon's best interest, because Amazon earns money every time you sell something on Amazon. So to keep tricking the system, or you're not even tricking it, to keep training the system right. on that relationship, that's what we're trying to do here. And you can do it with advertising too. So the method that you would use to try and get Amazon to learn that this keyword equals a sale is to kind of with that must win keyword strategy, where if there is a keyword that's really important to you that you want to try and, and own, you could separate that into its own campaign in advertising and you'd be willing to bid more for it and to try and get more impressions for it. And you would be okay with the fact that the A costs will be pretty bad because you're trying to actually increase your ranking for that keyword. And that can have a positive impact on the organic sales because Amazon is again, learning that this keyword equals a sale. And so you will make that connection with them using uh, both organic and paid strategies. Yeah. And just to emphasize what you're bringing to the table is not just you, there is one way to do things. It's not just the organic way, the paid way. Oftentimes, to convince the algorithm to do something, the best way is to go both the paid route and the organic route, the content route. Whenever those two things match, the algorithm just smiles and it's almost like it's sure of its decision. Mm -hmm. Again, like you said beautifully, don't try to, you don't have to convince anybody else but a robot. Just think in terms of variables, try to check some boxes and see what happens. That's the best game that we can play in a world where we don't really know we're we're walking in blindly right so we you have to try many things at once yeah and some also this comes into play a lot when it comes to uh branding so when we think about big brands that we all know kellogg's and kind bar and levi's those brands benefit from the fact that people know who they are but a lot of the people listening or the lot of and a lot of people that use Celix, they're not 
Levi's. Uh, they could be selling hot sauce and Bushwick, you know, but they still have a brand. And so how do you take into account these brands that are that still have a brand but aren't necessarily well known? How do you think about that in terms of um, organic sales and paid sales? Right. So I think that for those brands that don't have a huge name out there, when it comes to advertising, it's definitely very important to kind of uh, play a bit on both sides, try to be in the category. That's usually where new customers are searching for products. Uh, you can try and steal some of the recurring customers from Levi's. It's going to be really hard. But also, it's good to make a name for yourself. Invest on those branded search terms with paid and put a lot of your brand in the content that you create. Content is not just a little description in the back of the box. I always say this. It's your branding. Try to build the story. But I think that, you know, this, this question that you're asking, Courtney, is really leading us to a place that something somewhere where we, I don't think we necessarily agree on. That's why I'm so excited mm -hmm. to have this conversation. And this is the idea of, if you are a small brand, if you're a brand at all, and you are trying to increase your organic ranking, but you're also advertising for branded keywords, my theory, my kind of the way I see it is that whenever you are advertising a lot for branded keywords, you risk of cannibalizing sales that would be organic. I'll throw the ball back at you. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. So back, uh, back before I was an expert in Amazon uh, to my Google days. We used to say this all the time to people that were advertising that had the same argument where they were saying, why would I ever bid on my brand name? Because here I am in the number one search on Google for my, for organic. And we would always say uh, one plus one equals three. So uh, if you have a paid search placement and you have a top ranking organic placement, you get a 30% lift in website traffic. That's a great metric. Now, there is no metric like that for Amazon. We can't do that same kind of math. But the idea here is that you want to, that when people see your brand on the result page of Amazon, that helps them realize that they are looking for what they're looking for. So that tells them that, oh, this is relevant. This is actually something that I, I want. And you're training Amazon's algorithm to connect your brand with that keyword. And so by taking up all that real estate, that's only beneficial to you. So it kind of goes back to the idea of like, if you could yeah. pay to take up all of the real estate of amazon.com, how much would you be willing to pay? And actually we can kind of figure that out because we could measure it with how much, how much we're willing to pay by click. So the more real estate you can take up, even if you're paying for it, the better. And I also think that, Consumers are smart and they know what is an ad and what isn't an ad. Not every consumer knows that. Not every Amazon shopper knows what's an ad versus what's not an ad, but at least they're going to get smarter. And lots of people don't click on the paid ad. They'll choose to click on the organic ad. And so I think that there's no harm in doing it this way. If anything, I think that it should be done um, standard. So even if you're a smaller brand, you know, you sell hot sauce, it's still very beneficial to separate your brand traffic out from your category traffic and make sure that you are advertising against your campaigns and you have them separated so that you can measure how many people are searching for your brand on Amazon daily, monthly. 
And uh, to quote someone famous, now let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I actually, I agree with everything you're saying. I think you have very valid points. Uh, I more so come from the experience in which I've seen a lot of agencies playing dirty tricks. Yeah. Uh, if you work in an agency and you know that your ACOS is not going to impress your client, the number one thing that you do is that you just throw a bunch of branded keywords in a campaign because they're going to convert better. Now, why are they going to convert better? And we've talked about this. At this point, you should know. Well, a branded search term has a higher chance of conversion because this, the customer is already searching with your brand name. So they're expressing intention, implicit, in, implicit and explicit intention that that's you that they want. Now, my argument is this. If you are playing a very strong defensive strategy on Amazon in which you own the four top of search placement for sponsor product, you own the sponsor brand banner, you own some rest of search for your branded keywords, the chances are is that you would have gotten those sales anyways, but now the customer is going to click on your ad. And guess what? When somebody clicks, somebody pays. And when you pay, your profit margin goes down because you're, that's your ACoS, right? That's how much whatever is, your ACoS is, is whatever margin you're losing out of that sale. My argument is it's important to play defense. It's very important to bid on your branded keywords, but there is a threshold at which too much is too much. And really all you're doing is you're getting sales by paying that you will get otherwise with a lower profit. Yeah. Budget. And the way that I would try to limit that is I would say that if it's a branded term, I want to have the lowest ACoS I possibly ha can. So I want to aim for something 10% and lower or lower. And then I also want to spend as little as possible for that click. So I'm constantly trying to say, okay, if I got this click for 60 cents, could I get the same amount of impressions for 55 cents. And I'm always kind of trying to edge that down so that I'm not giving Amazon a penny more than they absolutely need in order for me to play that defensive strategy. And if you separate that out the traffic, like we recommend, this can make it a lot easier for you to make these decisions. Because let's say there, there comes a situation where you really need to actually focus on getting incremental sales through category traffic. Well, now you can lower the budgets for all of your branded campaigns. And then your budget is basically only focused on category. So you can use budgets to kind of help with the strategy as well. Yeah. And honestly, whenever I, uh, I think of this issue, and I definitely see both sides of the argument, I always think of uh, an economic model called the Laffer curve. Have you ever heard no, of it? No, teach me. So the Laffer curve is this fascinating model that was created by, I think, is it Mr. Laffer? I don't know, but whatever. It's, it's a, it's an inverted parabola, right? So it's basically shaped like an, in a upside down U. And it is a, a graph that it's used to describe the relationship between tax rates and tax revenue. The idea is the higher the tax rate, technically the higher the tax revenue. But at one point, the tax becomes so high that so many people will try to evade taxes, not pay the taxes, that your tax revenue will actually go down until it reaches zero. Is this diminishing returns? Kind of. It is, it is somewhat in that realm of reasoning. But this is, this is what I connect kind of to this strategy of uh, paying for branded keywords. At one point, 
it just stops making sense to me. It's all about finding that sweet spot in which you're still playing defense, you're protecting from competitors, but also you're not cannibalizing your organic sales that would happen regardless. It's just that sweet spot that it's so hard to find. Yeah, and I would measure the the sweet spot through, we already kind of mentioned ACOS, but uh, impressions. So if I notice that I've made adjustments to the bids, for example, and I start losing impressions, well, then that tells me that I'm losing out on people that are searching for my brand that might be going to a competitor. So I think impressions are actually one of the best ways to start measuring the sweet spot month over month. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I actually really like about Celix is that it makes it very easy for you to review your organic performance versus your paid performance. And it is something that I say all the time, like sometimes brands come in and invest way more budget for a specific month and say, oh, look, my sale, my advertising revenue went up like 20%. And then I look at the organic revenue on the other side and I see that it went down 20%. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of a game in which you need to find that balance in which you're not cannibalizing yourself. And it's so hard and it takes years to find that, that balance. And Amazon right? doesn't make it easy on purpose because why would Amazon let you know that you're spending money to get a sale that you didn't need to necessarily spend. That is not an Amazon's oh, best it, interest. If it was up to Amazon, organic sales would exactly. exist. Everything would be a paid placement. Yeah. <laughs> they would probably even put a price tag on number one, two, three, yeah. and four. And the, the truth is, people would actually pay mm-hmm. for it. All right. So what do you think, Courtney? Um, do you th- do you have anything to add in terms of branded organic rankings, why rankings matter? Any final thoughts? Um, I think maybe just the final thought of uh, the beauty of Amazon is that there are lots of ways that you can be successful and that the idea that top of search is where all of the sales are isn't necessarily true. And so when it comes to paid... Uh, you can definitely play around with things like bid modifier to try and take advantage of different traffic and different placements. And then when it comes to organic, that's definitely where you want to try and appear at top of search as much as possible. So if you're going to focus on one thing, really the answer is you shouldn't focus on one thing. You have to absolutely focus on organic and you have to simultaneously also look at, at paid and make sure that your strategies are complimentary right because they're not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. and i think that's honestly also a great way to wrap up this season of the flywheel ultimately amazon is a complicated world it is also an ever-changing world and we want to encourage you to stay informed stay curious keep listening to us listen to other podcasts read find out and slowly your amazon advertising knowledge will slowly go up it's not is an easy world out there, but we're here to and make it easy. And I think Tommaso and I have talked about this, and we talked about it at the beginning of this episode, which is we just have this conversation. It's not really planned. We don't really uh, bullet point everything. So really, we know that there's many different ways to to advertise on Amazon and different strategies to use. And so this is just a discussion. There is no one right way. So listening to us is just part of that. Uh, we never want to tell you that this is how you should do it. We just want to add to your knowledge and how you think about things and basically give you a little bit of insight into things that we see. 
And with these wise words, I feel that it's time to wrap up this episode and also our first season. Thank you so much, Courtney, for doing this with me. Uh, it was uh, a beautiful, some beautiful hours spent together on this podcast. Thank you all for listening to us and thank you for sending us questions and for participating. Thank you also to Matt who joined us last episode. It was awesome. Uh, we're going to take a few weeks to kind of sit down, brainstorm some new topic ideas, but please reach out to us at theflywheel at sellix.com. Any ideas, any things that you would like to co- uh, us to cover for season two, we're here for you and we're listening. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day. And see you soon.